revival. Revival. We want to see your kingdom here. How many of you want to see God's kingdom here? What about the rest of you? What about the rest of you? You want to see God's kingdom here, in this place. How many of you remember when Sherlock Bally was here last year and he was saying, he said he was preaching about the Shekinah glory of God and that the Shekinah glory of God rests in this place because this is the house of Shekinah. The glory of God is in this place. And let me tell you this. As temples of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God rests and dwells in each one of you. I was talking to somebody before service when we were talking about having things on our, wearing things on our clothes and identifying us as being believers or being uh, associated with uh, a, a spiritual organization and how that our lives, you have to be careful what you say and how you act when you got stuff like that on you. <laughs> See, uh, I was blessed with some, some embroidered shirts this last week that say Touchpoint Christian Center on it. And I've been wearing them all week. <laughs> you got to be careful of your attitude. Because people just look at your shirt and go, oh, I know where you work. I know what church you go to. But you know, we shouldn't have to be so aware of our actions when we're wearing things like that because the actions and the things who we are should go without thought. It should be just an act of who we are. Not have to worry about it. So that kind of gives me pause for thought. Okay, Lord, what, what do I need to change in my life so that I don't have to think about it anymore? I can just be. I can just be who God made me to be. I can be who God ordained me to be and who God made me to be. It's the same thing for each one of you. If we want to see revival in this place, in this city, then we better get on our knees because revival starts with repentance. It starts with repentance. And repentance is a heart turned toward God and turned away from the world. I was reading this morning in Ephesians. It talks about being taught See, you weren't taught to be the old way. You already knew how to be the old way. But when you came to Christ, you were taught how to be and how to live a new way. And that the old way that you lived, the old things that you did, should now not be part of who you are now. Those things should be gone. And then, again, you don't have to worry about wearing... See, quite honestly, that's why I don't put bumper stickers on my cars. Because until God delivered me from road rage and anger, ah, what a, you know, I've seen people with bumper Honk if you love Jesus. What a witness. 
That's why I didn't put those things on my car. I still don't put them on there. Now I spent a lot of money on a vehicle. I'm not going to damp. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to graffiti it up with bumper stickers. I mean, that's, that's just my personal, that's, you know, you can do what you want. It's your money. You're spending it on a car. I can't tell you what to do, but, but if it says something on your car that gives glory and honor to Jesus, your life and your actions while you're driving that car better match. And that's all I'm going to say about that. It's so glad to have them this morning. Don't mean to embarrass you, but, you know. And if you're new here this morning, we have some other guests in the back, family members. And uh, we want to welcome you here as well. Thank you for being here. I used to say this a lot, a lot but uh, I have kind of gotten away from it. But, you know, you can worship anywhere you want in this city. Because when we first moved here, there were like 90 churches if you did a Google search. So there's a lot of places that you could go worship, but I thank you that you chose to come here and worship. And uh, you're going to be blessed this morning. If you, you should have already been blessed. You know, we could just say, okay, let's go home now. We've been blessed by, by the Word of God, by the presence of God, but, you know, I'm not going to do that. It's only 20 after 11. <laughs> you wouldn't want, know what to do if I let you out this early, would you? You'd be like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Beat the Baptist to the to the to the all the restaurants. That's a stereotype, Pastor. Yeah, I know. But they're based in stereotypes are based in truth, so you know, what can I say? Oh, I wanted to uh I wanted to give Give me a little grace here. I want to elaborate on from last time. You remember what, we, what I spoke about last Sunday? You know, we, we talked about our trek, you know, and how's the little things. And Well, I just want you to know that our trek and our adventure didn't end when we came back. Just to give you a little insight into what, uh, what happened was, so we got back last Saturday. Saturday? Friday. It's all a blur now. Got back, and, and so I needed to, uh, we, we needed to dump some of the, the tanks on the trailer. Um, there's not very many places around here to dump your tanks. And I didn't feel like driving 14 miles up to the gas station at the res, uh, you know, and, and spend money to dump waste. Kind of understand what I'm talking. So, there's a place, there's a rest area out on 99. If you go out olive all the way to 99, and you go north two miles, and there's a rest area, and it's, you can dump for free. It's only four miles further than going up here. I'm gonna save the money. I'm gonna drive out there. So we drove out there, and we pulled into the place, and we dumped the tanks, and and I did some, you know, some little a little maintenance to it, and. And uh, jumped back in the pickup truck and went, hello, AAA. You should have this on speed dial by now. Had to call, have my truck towed home. Away went my truck, and my trailer sat right in front of the dump station. They couldn't get to us for until 5 o'clock. 
This was at 11.30 or 12.30. I am not sitting in a rest area for four hours. No. So um, I got on the phone, and, and I called a couple of brothers I know who have fifth-wheel hitches in their trucks, and Brother Gary was kind enough to uh, drop what he was doing and, and come out and tow us home and uh, towed the trailer home and you know it, so that, that 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 adventure didn't end and so then on Thursday I ended up dropping the fuel tank in my pickup truck which is no easy task and replacing the fuel pump and see um, brother Jim said you might want to check the fuel filter and I said you know that's a good idea so when I did a little bit of research and I found out that the fuel filter is part of the fuel pump that's in the gas tank so I spent most of the day Thursday emptying out the gas tank, dropping the tank, putting it in, and, and, and raising it back up. And, you know, praise God, it fired right up when I got done. But I also noticed something else that had gone wrong. I, uh, last year, I put air shocks on the back of my truck, and... Somehow, some way, I don't know how, but the airline to the shock on the right, the passenger shot side, got up against the exhaust pipe and burnt through. So I didn't have any shocks on the back of my truck the whole trip, and I was pulling a fifth wheel. So you know God was watching out for us there as well. So I got that all fixed yesterday, so now we're back going, and hopefully the adventure's over. Lord, please let it be over. <laughs> but again, like I said last Sunday, it's not, it's not, you know, just because we pray doesn't mean that everything is going to go smoothly. Because if everything went smoothly, we would never learn, we would never grow, we would never mature. And when that happened on Saturday, how many of you remember I said that I was singing for the, for the first two blowouts? I was actually singing when the truck wouldn't start, too. So, you know, hey, I'm learning. Uh, I'm not as hard-headed as I thought I was, but I'm learning. So, now you're up to speed. And if you ever broke down on the side of the road, you can give me a call. I'll come help you if I can. I won't leave you sitting on the side of I-80 all night long like AAA did. I will be better than that. So, Praise God. I, I'm so good to see you. I'm glad to see you all this morning, and, and I praise God for each and every one of you, and I just speak blessing over all of you for this week, and may your week go smooth. And if it's not smooth, that the grace of God is covering you, and that you'll rejoice because the scripture says, in everything, give thanks. So I didn't give thanks for the three blowouts and having to replace a fuel pump and having to replace the airlines. I didn't. Re I, who wants to do that? But I was rejoicing in those things. And that's, that's the lesson that we have to take from all of that is we have to rejoice even in the time of trouble. And so this morning I want to, uh, I want to, to, to pick up where we left off Three weeks ago, three weeks ago with the Reckless series. This morning we're talking about reckless prayer. That's a prayer circle there, brothers and sisters. How would you like to be in that prayer circle? 
That's terminal velocity, my friend. You know, if they, if they get too engrossed in their worship and in their prayer, yeah, that's the sudden stop at the end is going to end the whole thing. We're talking about, we want to talk about reckless prayer this morning. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that, that you love us. I thank you, God, that, that you are here among us. Father, you said that you inhabit the praises of your people. And so, God, we know by, by from your word that you are here and that you are dwelling among us. And, God, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and that your spirit goes with us. God, and your glory that was given to the Son was given to us. So, God, now we possess your glory. God, I pray that you would speak to us through your word this morning, that you would help us to understand illuminate our lives, illuminate our hearts, illuminate our minds, Lord, that we would think like you think, and that we would understand as you understand, Lord, that our lives would be changed from the inside out. I thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about reckless prayer, reckless prayer. You know, while I was doing some... uh, some, some research and, and studying on this. I found another word that describes reckless. You know, there's a lot of words that you can use for reckless. And, and, and remember, we talked about reckless isn't carelessness. Reckless is, is not worrying about what people think of us. That we just, I don't care. I don't care. What you think, I don't care what you say, I'm going to do what's right, I'm going to say what's right, I'm going to be what's right, and I don't care. I'm going to do and obey what God has told me to do, and I'm going to leave all the consequences to Him. Because in the end, it's not about me, and it's not about what I can do, it's about what God does through me, and what God does through you. So this word that I found... Is, called, is, is the word audacious. Audacious. We need to pray audacious, reckless prayers. Audacious is showing willingness to take bold risks. Recklessly daring. Now see, that would be recklessly daring. Because you're putting your faith and your trust that you or somebody else packed your chute right so that when you pull the cord, it's going to unfold the right way. You know, it's the same way when we're praying audacious prayers as we're putting our faith in God and trust in Him that the prayers that we pray are going to unfold and open up. God hasn't, if God hasn't done something for you or you feel that God's far away, remember this, God didn't move. You did. You did. Lord tells us to pray audacious prayers. He tells us to pray audacious prayers. Since I studied for this, because I was going to do this last week, and I'd studied for this Two weeks before, a week before that, before we even left on vacation. So this is, I've had this. And so since then, I've been praying, I've been learning and God's teaching me to pray audacious prayers. Bold prayers. In Psalm chapter 2, verse 8, it says, 
Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. I've been praying that over us as a church, that God would give us the nations as an inheritance. And that God would begin to work through us as a church, not just giving money to missionaries and letting missionaries do all the work, but that we begin here to start doing work. Prayed this morning, God, give us Porterville. Give us Porterville. You know, Porter Putnam was a Mormon. How many of you knew that? Porter Putnam was a Mormon. Pray against Mormonism. Pray against the spirit of Mormonism that covers this city. You hear what I'm saying? Is that there's a spirit of Antichrist because Mormonism is the spirit of Antichrist. And so the spirit of Antichrist was used in the formulation and the formation of this city. And I pray against it and I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. I cast it aside. I cast it down, bound with everlasting chains until the day of judgment. That freedom in this city would begin to be seen. That freedom in this city would begin to flourish and to prosper. That freedom here would come to every person, every man, woman, boy, and girl in this city. That they would know the freedom that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. That's what our prayers should be, audacious prayers. God, give us Porterville. And then as we pray, God, give us Porterville, then he's going to give us the blueprint. He's going to give us the roadmap and show us what we need to do, how we need to be involved in winning people for Christ. We can't just come into church on Sunday mornings and expect God to go out and bring them all in. It's up to us to leave this place. It's up to us to go out and spread the gospel. It's up to us. We are God's hand. We are God's feet. We are God's voice. Now, can he do it without us? Yeah, he can. You hear story after story of story of Muslims coming to know Jesus because of visions and dreams where Jesus appears to them. I pray that happens here as well. But dear Lord, help us to get up off of our fat butts. Get up and stop being lazy and expecting somebody else to do the work. We have a responsibility, and prayer is part of that. Prayer is part of our responsibility. Prayer is a motivating factor. Without prayer, nothing's going to happen. Nothing. Everything Jesus did, Jesus did with prayer. I don't do anything that I haven't seen my father do. Well, how does he see his father do? He's in con communion with his father. He's in constant communication with his father. The father says, move, he moved. We have to pray audacious prayers. There's many uh, examples in the scripture of people who prayed audacious prayers. Moses prayed Audacious prayers. 
His, his audacious prayer was, God, show me your glory. God said, no man's seen my glory and lived. And Moses says, show me your glory. Because you realize that when you see God's glory, the flesh dies. The flesh can't live. But your spirit is changed. Your spirit is strengthened. When the Pray. I pray that all the time. God, show us your glory. Let us see tangible proof of your glory among us. God, let the smoke arise. Let the fire arise. Let it just rise up in here. You know? Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let it rise. Let it rise. I pray that all the time. I want the glory of God to rise in here. I want to, you want to know what kind of glory I want in this place? That when people walk through the door, that they do that because the glory of God is so strong and so powerful and so thick in this place. That's what I want. How about you? How about you? What kind of glory do you want? Then pray for it. Then pray for it. Ask God for it. It's God's will. And the scripture says that if any two agree as touching anything, it will be done. As long as it's in accordance with the will of God. And as we pray, we get more in sync with God. And our desires and our wants become God's wants. Becomes what God, what God wants in us and through us. And God wants his glory to fill this place. God wants every chair person, excuse me, every seat in this place to be full, to have a butt in it. Sorry, that's just the way I am. I, I, let's just put behinds in all the seats. I don't talk that way. Hopefully it doesn't offend anybody. But I want a butt in every seat. I want... Enough people in here that we have to put chairs in, uh, in the aisles, and we have standing room only because people are trying to get in because the presence and the power and glory of God is here. I don't want them to go someplace else. I want them to come here. But I tell you what, if the glory of God isn't here and we're not praying for the glory of God, if there's another place in town where the glory of God is, then I want people to go there. Because I want people's lives to be changed by the glory of God. And that doesn't happen unless we get on our knees and pray audacious prayers. God, give me Porterville. Give me the world. Give me this state. Give me this county. God, give us. How many of you remember when Micah and Taylor Yersick were here last year and they were talking about after they had gone the first time to Peru and the kids were saying, Dame, Dame. Gimme, gimme. That's what we need to be saying to God. Dame, gimme, Lord. Give me, Lord. Give me, Lord. Give me your presence. Give me your glory. I and mean, we got to pray. We got to get down on our knees. We got to posture ourselves in the right place and speak the words that God puts in our mouth and then ask for it. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. When a kid wants ice cream, he's not ashamed to ask you for ice cream. 
when my wife wants ice cream, she's not ashamed to ask for ice cream. Ask and you shall receive. But unless you ask, so unless we're asking for God to fill this place and then we get out and do our part and we get out and we spread the word, then no people are not going to just show up here. Moses prayed, show me your glory. Asaph prayed, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. This day and age, the poor and oppressed, that's quite, that's quite a prayer. Jairus, for his sick daughter. My daughter's dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and alive. He's not just, oh, just come and pray for my daughter. No, he said, come and pray for her. Put your hands on her so that she will be healed and alive. I want you to be healed and alive. I want every part of your life to be healed and alive. We've got to pray for healing and to live. We've gotten so accustomed to death. And not in a good way. I'm talking about things in our lives that die. Hopes and dreams and that, that God has put in our hearts and in our lives, in our minds. And, and, you know, we've gone for them for a ways. And just because they didn't happen when we thought they should happen, then they die. And then we just kind of leave them there. Pray and ask God to revive, to resurrect the dream that he placed in you. Because each and every one of you have a dream and a hope that God has placed within you. You all do. You may have forgotten it, but God didn't because he put it there. God, I pray right now over every person in this room that you resurrect that dream and that hope that you placed within them when they first came to know you. And then there's the blind man. Jesus asked him, what do you want? You know, he could have said, well, duh. But he said, Rabbi, I want to see. We need to pray that audacious prayer of, Father, I want to see. I want to see with the eyes of the Spirit. I want to see with your eyes. I want to see people the way you see them. I want to see myself the way you see me. Because a lot of people have believed the lie that the enemy has told them about who they are and what they are. And just like I said, it's a lie. It's not who you are. So God, let every person see who they are through your eyes. The eyes of the Spirit be opened so that they see. Lord, give us eyes to see. Literally and figuratively, I want to see. I want to see. Time's getting away from me. Wow. Before reuniting with his brother Esau, Jacob prayed all night. 
That's an audacious prayer. He, he wrestled with the angel of God. He wrestled with the Lord. Because when it talks about the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord is actually Jesus. And what did he say? I'm not going to let you go until you answer my prayer. And how often do we get down on our knees and we pray and we're there for five minutes praying for something and saying, God, I need this. God, I need your help. And then we get up and, we don't, and that's all we do. Do you really mean it? Do we really mean it when we get down on our knees or are we just doing it because it's something we're supposed to do? Well, I'm supposed to pray. I'm supposed to read the word. I'm supposed to go to church. Well, yeah, you're supposed to do all these things, but it's not just because it's some form that you do. It's because of the love that's in you. It's because of the, the, the relationship you have. Prayer, I'm talking about audacious, reckless prayers. Do we do that or do we just pray? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Those prayers are not going to get you anywhere, my friend. But when you are on your knees and you're shedding tears and you're in earnest and you're groaning and you're praying in the spirit and those are the things that where the God is going to see your desire he's going to see the earnestness in your heart and he's going to say oh I want to answer that child's prayer I want man I want to answer that prayer they really mean it because remember God looks on the attitude of the heart it's the attitude of our heart. Do we really mean what we're praying or are we just saying words? Peter Kreeft, author and professor of theology at Boston College, made this observation concerning prayer. I saw, strongly suspect that if we saw all the difference, even the tiniest of our prayers to God make, and all the people those little prayers were destined to affect, all the consequences of those prayers down through the centuries... We would be so paralyzed with awe at the power of prayer that we would be unable to get up off our knees. Most importantly, prayer changes me. Prayer. I know you've heard me preach on prayer I don't know how many times over the last several months, but you think maybe God's trying to tell us something? Trying to tell us to stop acting like you're praying and start praying? Start meaning what you're praying? Stop making it just some form of, of godliness with, but denying the power? Oh, I want to pray. So I want my prayers. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, it's hard, been hard for me to pray lately. But I know that I have to push through, just like the woman with the issue of blood. She pushed through the crowd to get to Jesus. And just like that woman, I have to push through to get to the foot of Jesus. 
I have to push through the, I don't really feel like it. I have to push through the, wow, something just seems like it's hindering me. I have to push through those things because I know when I push through that what's on the other side is Jesus. Jesus is on the other side. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10, is the story of, of Samuel. How many of you remember that story from Sunday school? Samuel. You know, he was, remember, he was, he was Hannah's son. That, that child that she had prayed for for years and years and years, and finally God gave her a son, and then she returned him to, G, returned him to God for his work, and now Samuel's in the temple under the tutelage of Eli. One night he's asleep. Samuel's asleep. And, and, and you know, he, when you're in a place where the presence of God is, you know, it changes your hearing. It gets you more in tune with the things of God, the things of the Spirit. And so Samuel's been in this place for a while now. And he's asleep. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, he hears... Samuel. Well, Samuel's not used to hearing God's voice. So he gets up. He thinks it's Eli. He gets up and he goes in. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? What are you doing? I'm trying to sleep here. I didn't call you. Go lay down. He goes and lays down and hears it again. Samuel. Now, I know I heard Eli. You called? Look, kid, I told you, I didn't call you. Go lay down and go to sleep. Tomorrow's a big day. We got a lot of, we got a lot of sacrifices to do tomorrow. We got a lot of stuff to do. We got to fill the oil in, in the menorahs. We got to fill the oil with the lamps. And we got to, you know, we got to bake more showbread. And we got to, right, you get it? We got a big day, so sleep. He goes and lays down. I hope I'm not adding too many, but anyway. There's three, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, I was going to do it again. I was like, wait a minute, there's only three. So this time he says, go lay down. And if when you, and he comes back the third time. And by this time, because I'm sure it wasn't a long time that it elapsed. Eli is kind of, well, the cobwebs have kind of cleared a little bit from the sleep, and, and he realizes that it's God calling Samuel. Samuel goes and lays down again. He tells him, I'm not calling you, my son. God is calling you. And when he calls again, you say, speak, Lord. He goes back and he lays down and he hears the word of God, the voice of God again. And what does he say? Speak, Lord, for your servant is here. I'm listening. That's what prayer is. 
That's what prayer has to be about, is us hearing and knowing the voice of God. And unless we're praying frequently and constantly, then we're never going to understand the voice. We're never going to relate. We're never going to see or hear the voice of God and understand that it is God. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 6 says... Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things he would speak to them. We are sheep. And unless we are familiar with the shepherd's voice, we're not going to follow the shepherd. We had a friend when we, lived, when we were in Michigan. Her name was Mary Short. Mary Short was a, was a hippie once upon a time. Matter of fact, her and her husband lived in a teepee. But Mary and her, her new husband, Wes, they were just, you know, they were the most giving people. And they had 40 acres. And she had, at one time, she had a bunch of sheep. And they kept them in a pen. And she'd go out there and spend time with the sheep, you know, and she'd feed them and, and be out there with them. She told us one time, she said, you know, if I don't go out there and spend time with those sheep every day, if, I, if it's been a day or two or three or four, if I go out there, they run the other way when I go out there. But when I'm spending time with them every day, when I go out there, they come to me. It's not a mistake that Jesus calls us sheep. We hear the voice and, oh, no, that can't be God, and we run the other way. But when we're spending time with him every day, we hear the voice, and we, then we, we go to him. When we hear the voice, we go toward the voice instead of going away from the voice. I want my life to go toward his voice and not away from the voice. I don't want to be, be called by another, by the enemy or by somebody else, and then following that voice. Oh, look at the pretty lights. It's like, no, don't go toward the light. I'll give you an, an, an example from here, closer to home. How many of you remember a year ago, a year and a half ago, it's getting close to two years ago, but it was like a little over a year ago when we changed the name of this church. How many of you remember that? And I told you, then I'm going to tell you now, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't my idea and it wasn't my name. It was because I was spending time every day with God that I was able to hear God say, praying for a sermon, God said, now it wasn't like this, I want you to name the church this. That's not what I heard. That's not the way I experienced it. What I experienced and how I encountered it was all of a sudden I'm praying for a sermon and all of a sudden the Spirit dropped it into my spirit, dropped it into my heart. And it wasn't, it was like everything that was said about was all at once. 
I instantly knew that that was the sermon for the week, but I also knew that it was time to change the name of the church and that this was the name of the church. And everything that would, would take dialogue was all dropped into my heart all at, the one, all at one time. And I knew. Had I not been spending time with God on a daily basis, had I not been spending quality time with the Lord, I never would have heard that, and this place would still be called Glad Tidings Church. But God changed this name of this church for a reason. See, God speaks in, in, in different ways. And where we get caught up is that we expect God to speak the same way every time. And God doesn't always speak in the same way. For one thing, God speaks through his word. And so if you're not reading his word, then you know, you're going to miss the majority of what he's saying. But God will speak through circumstances. God will speak through somebody else speaking life into you. But there you got to be aware of that. God will speak. But oftentimes, God isn't telling you through that person something new. He's telling you something through another person that he's already told you, but he's telling you through them as a confirmation that, yeah, you didn't hear it wrong. That's what I'm telling you to do. But he speaks, and we've got to have basic, I, I like this term, when I was a cop, you used to have, you have your head on a swivel because you're looking around. For one thing, you're looking for people who are breaking the law, and you're looking for people you can write a ticket to, but you're also looking because you don't know who's behind you, you don't know who's on the side of you, you don't know who has harm in store for you, so you're constantly aware and constantly you have your head on a swivel. We have to do the same thing when it comes to God's voice, have our head on the swivel, saying, God, are you speaking from here? Are you speaking from here? Are you coming from here? Where are you coming from? Where? Not being focused on one place. Oh, no, that can't be God because he's not coming from there. we'll miss out and we'll end up going the wrong way we have to pray that God will open our eyes to see just like Elisha prayed for his servant walked out of the tent his servant comes back we're surrounded oh no we're surrounded and Elisha says Lord, please open his eyes so he can see. And he did. Oh, there's more for us than there are against us. Oh, well, I can rest easy now. Open your eyes. We have to have God open our eyes to the realities of things that are around us, the spiritual things that are around us. Open our spiritual eyes so that we can see what's going on in the spirit world because the spirit world is more real than the physical world. I mean, this is all going to pass away. The spirit world's not. So we've got to have God open our eyes. Open our eyes to the things that are going on. There are things going on around you and, and, and in people's lives around you, and you've got to know 
and ask for the discernment to see what's going on because there are spiritual forces at work. There are spiritual forces at work, and I've said this before, even they've attached themselves to things, and then you bring those things into your life, and you wonder why you're having all kinds of problems in your home, and then it's because of something that you brought in. Remember I told you not too long ago about the Hawaiian, the Aloha shirt that I got at Salvation Army? It was causing problems in our house. I don't need an Aloha shirt that bad. There's other things that happen. There are people who are attuned to the Spirit and have, the, have a gift of seeing and discerning and being in the Spirit. They see things. My wife is one of those people, and there have been times where she says she sees, she'll see snakes crawling across the floor. Well, she's not seeing them just because she's hallucinating. She's seeing them because God has opened her eyes into the spirit so that she can pray against those things. Because remember last week I talked about the little foxes spoiling the vines. It's the little things that get in and creep around in here. The spiritual things that we don't see and then they start affecting people and affecting situations. We got to pray that God opens our eyes to see those things. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that there's a demon behind every tree. But we have to be spiritually discerning, and we cannot be spiritually discerning unless we're on our knees praying that God will open our eyes. We also need to pray that, that we allow God to let our hearts feel what his feel, that our hearts are broken for the things that break God's heart. Because there are a lot of things that break God's heart. And we just fly through life not even giving him a second thought. But if our hearts were truly broken by the things that, that break God's heart, our lives would be totally changed. Our trajectory and our direction sometimes would be totally put in another way. We'd be going another direction because of what, God is, what we're seeing and feeling through God's heart. Broken relationships that break God's heart. People who are struggling break God's heart, but we walk right by them. Oh, be warmed and filled. God bless you. Sometimes people are telling us that they're hurting, and we just go walking right on by. Not only does that break God's heart, but us walking on by breaks God's heart because we're not fulfilling what he has called us to do. Because that's what he came to do, to seek and to save that which was lost. Sister Vivian came in this, came into my office the other day. She came in like this. I don't know why, but she was scared of me. <laughs> what is there to be scared of, right? <laughs> you can say it. Yes, you can say it. Yes, Pastor, yeah, we're scared. 
But she came in because she had a burden on her heart, and it's been a burden that she's had for a long time of feeding homeless people. See, because people who are in need break God's heart. Especially when it's in our power to help them out. And that's why we're doing feeding homeless people again. It was because God put a burden in her heart. And she didn't just dismiss it. And didn't just say, well, that's for somebody else to do. God put it in her heart. And it's the same for each one of us. God will put burdens in our hearts to do things. Let me tell you this. When she came in and said she wanted to do it, I said, okay, your burden, your job. <laughs> your burden, your vision, your job. Don't come to me with stuff that, that you say, God is telling me to do this, and don't come there expecting me to do it. <laughs> we'll help facilitate it, but I'm not going to do it. I got enough stuff to do. Now, don't let that be a deterrent either. If God is telling you to do something, brother, you and I need to talk, by the way. Yes, you, Victor. <laughs> He's looking, looking around. No, I wasn't pointing at Sean. I was pointing at you. Audacious praying. Audacious, take risks. Ask God for, ask God for the, the seemingly ludicrous. Ask Him for it. You know what? You might be surprised because He's going to give it to you. Because what I read in the scriptures says that, that He will go above and beyond what I ask or think. Now, some people are pretty creative in their thinking. <laughs> you know, I'm not one of them. But we've got to be audacious in our praying. Because when we're doing that and when, we, when God changes our heart to see his heart and to feel with his heart, then that means that we're going to be doing things that we never thought we'd be doing. And we're going to be impacting people's lives that we never thought we'd impact. And it's a matter of the heart, like I said before. It's an attitude. What's your attitude? If your attitude towards prayer is kind of, eh, or it's, I throw up an emergency prayer now and again. You know? Oh, God, help me! <laughs> Might not it be a better idea to pray before? Right? Think about, think about the adventure that my wife and I had. Had we not prayed before, well, how do you think we would have handled those things? <laughs> not the same way. So we've got to learn to pray before and pray as a primary action versus a last result. Or, you know, the, that, the last resort. It's like, oh, I've done everything else. I guess now I should pray. That's kind of backwards. We need to start praying beforehand. And then we don't have to worry about it because then the Spirit is going to go before us and He's going to guide us and lead us. But again, unless we're praying, we don't know the voice of the Spirit. Karen, would you come back, please? 
We need to pray for boldness. Pray for boldness. God, give me boldness. God, give me boldness. Take the cotton out of my mouth. You understand what I'm saying by that, right? You know, when a lot of times when you're getting ready to do something, all of a sudden you get, your mouth gets dry, and you get cotton mouth, you know, and it just kind of keeps you, your tongue, you lose control of your tongue. <laughs> I know, none of you have ever experienced that before. I have. Come on, be honest. Can't be honest here. But pray for boldness to stand up, boldness to speak, boldness to act, boldness to be. Ask God for his presence, his power, and his glory for every moment of our lives. Every moment of our lives, we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for each other. I got a text from, from a friend of mine this morning and said, I was praying for you last night and I'm praying for you this morning that the glory of God would just, you know, the, the anointing of God would cover you as you're preaching this morning. It's like, thank you. Sherlock Bally has sent me several texts. I've been pray- I was praying for you this morning and God said this. It's like, thank you. How many of you know this? Shirley, he sent me a, a text not too, a while back, and he said, and I want you to know this, I'm going to tell you this, that I'm a God-shaped weapon. I'm an end-time weapon. I'm standing in the gap. And I repeated those things because God spoke them to him to give to me, and this morning I repeated those back to God. God, you said I'm an end-time weapon. You said your anointing rests on me. You said that the giants in my land have been dislodged. And that I'm entering into a large land, a good land. God doesn't... Remind God. Let him know. Say, God... And it's not... For God's sake that you're doing it. It's for your own sake. It's so that it gets down into your heart and into your spirit and that you believe and you stand and you have faith and you're standing on the promises that God gave you. I'm an end-time warrior. Do you all know that you're created for such a time as this? Otherwise, you would have been born another time. John, you're created for just the time as this. You too. For just a time as this. I just want you to know that I'm going to point people out when God tells me to point people out. I'm going to do that. I don't care if you like it or not. I don't care if you're embarrassed by it or not. When God says and points somebody out to me, I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge what God has said. Brenda, is Roger watching this morning? Okay. 
God's not finished with Roger. It may look like it. He may feel like it. But God's not done with him. God still has work for him to do. We all have a job to do. And our job is done when we're dead. And then we receive our rewards. But we don't do it for rewards. We do it out of love for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand.